Hey there, this is Sam from Greta Van Fleet, and you're listening to Growing Up Rock Podcast. Hey, hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode four of Growing Up Rock. This is Stephen Michael. And have we got a special episode for you today. Today, we jump on the phone with Sam Kiska, bass player from Greta Van Fleet. We talk about what it was like growing up in Frankenmuth, Michigan and playing clubs while he was still in high school. We also talk about how the band writes and how their sound all comes together creatively. So delay no more. Let's get into our conversation with Sam Kiska from Greta Van Fleet. Enjoy. Hey there. What's up, Sam? How's it going, buddy? What's happening, my man? Sam, are you guys uh, working today? You on the road? Uh, not today. I got the chance to uh, vi- take a visit to Grand Rapids today. I'm going home. So we're going to pack up. We're going to head out to Fargo because we have a show opening for Shinedown. Yeah, I saw you got a, is it a festival or something up in North Dakota, cut them out? I'm not sure. I believe it's a, I believe it's just a show, but uh, we're looking forward to it. I've never been to North Dakota and I, all I know about Fargo is the movie. Yep. It's cold and they have wood chippers. That's what I know about North Dakota. So I'll watch out for wood chippers. <laughs> exactly. Stay away from those things. <laughs> and, yep. and judging from your tour, uh, your tour uh, uh, blogs, uh, you might want to remember to bring your base and bring towels, right? Yeah, always, always remember the base. Uh, that's, that's the biggest thing, thing that... to remember for sure, man. Oh, exactly, exactly. And that base, that's a great base. That was a gift from uh, Marlon Young, who co-produced our our uh, EP. And he's uh, in Kid Rock's band. He's a band leader. Right, right. Yeah, that was a nice-looking bass. Uh, uh, sort of green, yeah. right? Yeah, it's it's an interesting piece. It's grown on me, definitely. Yeah. Well, um, I don't know uh, uh, what they've told you, if anything, uh, about um, what our our show is about, but um, we're we're really uh, we're trying to do something a little different here, and and uh, uh, we try to not ask the same questions that that everybody else has already kind of talked to you guys about like i that's I un- what i like to hear steve <laughs> that's what i like to hear i know i know where you're from i know basically a lot about your earlier years i know plenty about the name <laughs> I, right on see that's that's great because a lot of researchers or a lot of uh interviewers don't do their research but i I'm I'm glad to hear that you have, my man. I I think that I probably know more about Greta Van Fleet at this point than than Greta Van Fleet knows about Greta Van Fleet. <laughs> you probably do. You probably do, man. Yeah, I've definitely done my research for this band for sure. Right on. But we we wanna we wanna get into we wanna get into kind of um 
uh, memories and stories that you have um, centered around, you know, growing up there in Michigan and, and what essentially has laid the foundation for you as a person, but you as a musician as well. Um, so, and so, so let me ask this growing up there in, in Michigan, are you a sports fan at all or no? Well, our family never really got into sports. I know Daniel's family is pretty big into sports, but you know, a lot of the time, a lot of the time we always support our teams anyways, you know? So so I'm curious, are you a Spartan or a Wolverine? Well, I would have to say for me, Wolverine. Okay. Just, just both my parents went, uh, uh, Michigan Flint. Okay. Yeah, just curious. <laughs> Nothing more than that. Yeah, yeah. So uh so tell me, what was the first real concert that you uh you attended? That I attended. Oof. This is an interest probably in Frankenmuth they do this thing in the summer where it's uh Sunday Sunday in the park where they have live music in there mm-hmm. all through the summer. And the the I'm really reaching back here. I was probably about eight seven or eight perfect and i think i think it was a beatles cover band that was playing there <laughs> and i really dug that because we we have some real beatles lovers fans and i'm i'm a beatles lover myself right so it was great it was great and then uh i really haven't been to that many concerts but well actually you know on my own right like going because i've seen a, a lot of bands play just you know being in the music scene sure but one that i really went out of my way to uh, go check out was uh the, there's a new band named well they're not really that new young the giant and uh we went to grand rapids to see that show and that was i think uh in march of 2017 so yeah i mean i've i've definitely seen my fair share of concerts and so so that was a question that was a question that i was leading to because uh given given you guys age and and all I, my question would have been so have you played more shows or been to, or attended more concerts which which is it at this point oh we definitely played more shows than we've seen right so that's Gosh, cr- there's a there's a there's a whole lot of acts that i would just i would love to go see yeah, so that's that's a crazy thing in itself if you think about it because I mean most most people in in bands especially uh in early ages, right? They they've probably seen more shows than they've actually played, especially if they're just now starting out. And I mean your your career is fairly fairly new, right? It's just now getting going. You guys are are doing your first uh uh real US tour uh coming up here soon uh, most of August, but uh I know you've done the thing with the Struts and and uh, a few dates uh, here and there, uh, one-offs, but um, that's that's crazy to kind of think about. But but uh, interesting, yeah. So you got a lot of uh, live music to catch up on, huh? Oh yes, I, I certainly do. I certainly do. There's a whole lot of guys, even the old guys, I want to see. Like I know Paul McCartney's got a tour going right now. Yeah, I'd like to see and, that myself. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, there's some definitely some great acts out there. Music's definitely on the upward spiral. Oh yeah, and you guys, you guys are uh, partly to blame for that. You, that's it's fantastic. Uh, We're I, glad to be a part of it. Yeah, man, love the EP. Think the EP is fantastic. Um, and and I, my first impression of the EP is, you know, and I'm not, I'm not even going to bother to to draw comparisons because everybody's already done that for me, so I don't need to do yeah. that. My situation Precisely. is this: is 
is does it does it move me does it is it something i enjoy i really don't care as long as there's as long as there's no plagiarism going on i really don't care about who sounds like what so much as does it move me and do i do i you know is it something that's enjoyable to my ears that's kind of how i listen to music yeah exactly yeah me too i really don't discriminate either it's like good music is good music to me yeah, that that's exactly right. And so so let me ask you this. You went to high school and congratulations, you just graduated right back in June. Oh, thank you, Steve. Yeah, man. Good job. Good job. Um thank you. Cla- class of uh class of two thousand seventeen. Yeah. Did did you get the tassel? Do you have it hanging in your uh car window? <laughs> <laughs> Not no, I don't I don't like to show off, but I you know, I've got all I've got all the good stuff. Yeah. Oh, that's, that was, uh, I don't even know if they do that anymore. That was something that was being done when I was, uh, graduating. You take your tassel from your hat and you hang it in your, uh, uh on your rear view mirror, of your car. <laughs> oh, don't worry, Steve. They, they still do that. Okay. <laughs> good, I'm, good, just, I'm just too lazy to get that thing up there. Good, good to know. Good to know the traditions haven't gone out the door. Exactly. So let me ask you this: when you were going, when you were in high school, I'm sure you had a bunch of friends that uh, that you hung around with and that that you you know like to talk music with, right? Yeah. And one of those being my good friend Daniel Wagner, who's actually in the band. You know, he's from a very young age. I would say probably around sixth or seventh grade, we started talking about this music we liked, and he was the only other guy that I could relate to in that sense. Really? Because of course, of course, when you're that young, you, nobody listens to, nobody really listens to like good music. I, at least from where from, but yeah, it was, it was really cool because it was this guy before I, we even started a band. I was in eighth grade before we, we started the Greta Van Fleet. Mm-hmm. And there was this guy who I could talk to about these, these cool bands like Crosby, Stills and Nash and, you know, like Black Sabbath and all the stuff that we were into at that time. And that was Daniel, huh? And then, yep, it turned out that he would be our our second drummer and our last drummer. That's that's awesome how that worked out. So he was he was um, uh, a friend of the family's or a friend of yours first and foremost. He was a friend of mine first when okay. we started. When we started, when we noticed that we had this, the same taste in music and we were the only other people that we could talk to about it and like in, as our peers right so you know then he started coming over after we had the band established with our with our uh past drummer kyle out and he started coming along jamming out on the guitar or, because he was first a guitar player and yeah. a, a great guitar player really and then he didn't yeah uh, <laughs> he is a he is a fantastic musician that's cool and also, that's what really brought us together, because, you know, I played bass and keyboard, and he would come over, and he'd play guitar and drums. So, yeah, he was a great guy to jam out with, and he it just worked out that when the when the spot opened up, he was there to fill it. So, uh, so when you guys were hanging out, did you ever, um, did you ever discover a band that you wanted to, uh, to, you know, to share with, with, with him and, and talk about, and, you know, you, you went to him and said, hey... Uh, I just, I, I, I heard this band, they're awesome. And, uh, and you know, how did you describe them to him? Well, there, <laughs> there were a whole lot of those that I, that we didn't know about. Like 
each other because we were listening to like pretty much all the same stuff. A lot of the times, I'd bring a song to him like, "Man, have you heard this thing?" Like we still we still it to this day. Like he recently showed me this uh, this really cool Super Tramp song, and we still exchange music and stuff because we're you know as the only thing that I'm more obsessive about than playing music is listening to music. Uh huh. You and I are the so same. I. <laughs> yeah, but don't get me wrong. Playing, playing up on a playing rock and roll up on a stage in front of a bunch of people is one of the best feelings you can have. Yeah. But yeah, but no, we still we still definitely find new music, sometimes new old music. But like he showed me uh, the band Kaleo recently. Yeah, I saw them this morning on Good Morning America. As a matter of fact. Yeah, they're they're a great band. That's the first time I've ever heard of them. Yeah, and I think uh, I think he showed me Rival Sons also. Okay, and and did he, I mean usually people when when I know when I was hanging around um, record stores and things like that, you know I I'm I'm always on the uh, uh, lookout for new music. I mean, uh, and back in the day I wasn't a whole lot different than you guys, where I grew up in kind of a small town, so I didn't have a whole lot of media. And and it was even worse for me back then because we didn't have the internet, yeah, where, you know. Where did you grow up? I grew up in a Gulf Coast town uh, down uh, in Florida. Um, and it was... Right on. Um, you know, it's a southern Gulf Coastal town, uh, not a huge population. And, um, you know, back then, of course, I we didn't have media or... or uh, didn't have like the internet and things like that so you kind of the only way for me to discover bands was to hang around the record store and read like magazines so you you read hip parade or yeah circus or cream or whatever whatever was out there at the time that's yeah that's how i discovered the music and then you know i had friends that worked at the record store and they'd let us play the records and see if we liked them and you know and if you like if you like something you go back to school uh, and th- this is how it was for me. You go back to school and you go, Hey man, uh-huh. Hey man, I just heard this band and, and it's freaking awesome. You got to check them out. And the first thing out of everybody's mouth is what, what do they sound like? Who do they sound like? Right. I mean, yeah, exactly. Because in this industry, people always want to compare things to other things. Like they want to put music in these classifications, like rock, yeah. alternative yeah. pop, yeah. you know, and sometimes it doesn't, like i kind of think our music it fits into the pop the popular music i think it fits in alternative obviously fits into rock but it doesn't really have a place in any of those so i think that you know bringing along this sound changed the radio format a little bit because they've been playing the same song on the the same songs on the radio for the past 15 years i don't know if that's ever going to change man they just they find they latch on to something they play it play it play it and I mean that's that's one of the reasons and and you heard it here first but I think I think eventually um, the new format is gonna go to podcast eventually because um, you know it, and it's not just me it's a lot of people a lot of the community I mean they're tired of hearing the same song on the radio over and over and over yeah we want to dig, yeah exactly now we yeah we want to dig into the album we have like that xm stations yep yeah and we have the internet radio and that's really that's really coming to the forefront 
Yeah, definitely. So, so assume you and I are high school buddies and, and you discovered Greta Van Fleet, uh, and hopefully you like that band. Um, how would you describe them to me? Assuming I never heard them. I'd be like, wow, this is some, this is, they got some good stuff, but they're all assholes. <laughs> well, that's assuming that you know them personally. <laughs> okay. What I would say to you, Steve, I would, I'd bring you the record. I would say, I, well, if it was in this day and age, I would say, here's some authentic rock and roll that we've been, we've been missing for a while. Fair enough. Some downright, some downright bluesy emotional shit. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. You and you classify it as rock and roll, and I'm okay with that. I I would do the same. I mean, if, if it were yeah, me, and so I, you can't forget the roll. Yeah, it's got to be rock and or roll. Yep, yep, precisely. Yeah, I mean that's that's fair enough. I think you covered it right. It is it is emotional. It is it is. I would call it even a little bit moody at times. Me personally. I mean, if I was trying to moody, Ooh, Steve is getting moody. Come on. Right. A little dynamic in, in, in its ups and its downs. Right. So that's, that's fair. That's something that's, that's another aspect of music that's really been missing out, especially in pop music and especially in rock music. Like there's some great alternative bands that are doing some crazy stuff. Great, great stuff. Like there's this band named Louis Del Mar out of New York. That's been hitting the scene recently. There's, it's dynamics, you know, instead of the same thing, the same two or three minute pop song format all the way through, it has ups and downs and it, it really helps sculpt feeling. It really helps elicit emotion from the music. Yeah, that's, that's right. And I, I've heard, uh, well, I've read that, uh, you talked, uh, about this, uh, individual a few times. I haven't actually heard it, but, uh, you're, you're obviously quite fond of it. So, uh, I have to check that yeah. out. Yeah, the good stuff. It's uh, it's probably the most modern thing that I could that I could listen to. Okay. You know, it's right it's right on the edge for me. Yeah. But they, the the singer uh, Danny Miller, he, I think what really gets me is he sings with his soul, and you can hear it in the recordings, and they're doing unique stuff, and that's what I'm that's what I'm listening for when I listen to modern music unique because you know in the past 60 70 years everything's i don't want to say everything's been done but you know it's it's getting harder to be original in this music scene so i really i really uh support bands who are trying to do something original and they're trying to do something unique and cool creative i i I agree with you to a point there i the one thing that I, i i try not to get consumed with because I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm a little bit cynical, but I, I think that, that when you listen to enough music, um, you know, there's, there's X amount of chord patterns and, and structures and melodies and things like that. And so for me, I don't dig as deep into it. I, I just, I mean, I listen to something and we like what we like, right? I listen to something and yeah. if it's got a good groove and it's got a good melody. And I, I for me, I need to kind of understand what the guy is singing. You know, I don't, I don't necessarily read the lyrics. I'm not the lyric guy and read it and go, what's, what's he talking about here? What's he saying? Uh-huh. 
I, I'm a guitar guy, so I like I like the music. Oh. He, I hear with my ears first. Does it have a good riff? Yeah. Okay. So, and then the drums and the bass and the bottom end kicks in. And is that good? Yeah, that's good too. And then, okay, I can, I can hear the melody line. I, I, I like this singer's voice or the singer's voice is not annoying. So I'm okay here. And that's, you know, that's. I'm right there with you, Steve. Yeah. I mean, that's just. I hear you there. It's just that it's, I have that same process, but. You know, if it sounds like the same thing I listened to last night, then I get I get bored. And, you know, I'm developing that short attention span that we all have now in America. The whole the whole youth culture has because we're so used to getting things just in the palm of our hand, like with yeah. media and stuff. Yep. So if something doesn't immediately catch my attention, unfortunately, I find most of the time it's hard to it's hard to listen to. But I totally agree with you. Like with, uh, I listen for good tones. I first I listen to see if this is something I can appreciate, and if it's not, if it doesn't pass the first test, I usually, you know, I usually boot it. You move it on. You move probably, it on. It's probably wrong with me, but you know, no, man. Listen, there, that's listen. Here's here's the thing with music. To me, there there really is no right or wrong with music. You're it's it's a completely opinionated art form, and and what you like somebody else may hate and what you hate somebody else may love you know it just it doesn't precisely yeah it's it's a beautiful art form man i i that's i think that's one of the things that i appreciate about music so much is is this um you know this this freedom i mean it's complete freedom right totally totally and i i feel like that's that's the way with all art forms, like even just painting, sure, yeah. you know, movies, mm-hmm. like you can do anything you want. And a lot of the time when I get stuck in the same spot with music, it gets irritating. So I try to move on to something else like writing or painting, you know, to get my, to get the, the emotion out and get the, what I'm feeling down and on, on a different format. And then I always talk you know it's music foremost i always come back to the music yeah you but yeah i love i I love art because it's like you can literally do anything you want with it there's not one thing you cannot do yeah that's that's absolutely correct who who does the majority of the writing in the band or or all you guys equal or or how does that work well lyrically that's all josh the Mm -hmm. singer Mm -hmm. and uh for, for the creative process, how we actually write the song itself, it, it really varies. Like usually, usually I would say back a couple of years ago, the way it always went was Jake came up with a riff. And you can tell that the whole EP is very riff driven. And uh, he would come up with a riff and we would, me and Daniel would find some kind of a groove on that. I'd write some bass parts, try to find some melody, like counter melodies underneath. And I'll, Whenever we're writing, my mentality is serve the song. You know, it, like you can go crazy on the bass all you want, but if it's not suiting the song and not performing a task like the way you want the song to convey a message or convey a feeling, then you have to do it differently. Right. And the the way that we write really does vary, though. Like it, it could start with a melody. It could start off with like a little singing line that josh comes up with and we build a song around that so i mean there's no there's no finite way to classify that but right so so do but it's definitely 
it definitely takes all four of us. We all put our input in a lot of the structure. There's a lot of the structure changes based on, you know, how we, how we're feeling with the song, different parts, you know, do, do Josh and Jake try to uh, strong arm you at any point because you're uh, the, the younger of them? <laughs> oh, usually, usually my opinion, uh, they usually fly pretty well <laughs> because it's, it's with me, I usually put in the formatting part of the song. You know, I like, I, I think like we should do this here. We should like put in like uh, the cool little trippy part in here. Like, you know, like that kind of thing. So you're the producer of so, the yeah. band. <laughs> kind of. I have a bad habit of, like, when we're doing demos, kicking people off the computer because I'm impatient and I want to I want to get in there and yeah. do it myself. But, so so I, I read... I don't, or I don't I... know, Steve. Maybe I'm an asshole. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> don't... <laughs> Don't, don't sell yourself down the river this early in the game, my friend. <laughs> so I, I'd, I'd heard or I'd, I'd read um, at this point. I can't remember because I've taken in so much information. But uh, so you you guys got um, 20, 20 plus songs uh, written besides the EP at this point. Is that that right or wrong? Yeah, that's correct. We've got uh, we've got quite a vault. Yeah, so we you, have a lot of demos in there that we haven't even touched. We just have demos recorded, just us sitting down with acoustics. Like we have a bunch of studio work that's already has the has the foundation laid. You have already recorded some of this. Yeah, and we actually have some completely finished mastered tracks done. Okay. So yeah, personally, I'm really excited to get back in the studio and finish it up and get some groundwork to figure out what we want to do where there's whether it's like an EP or an LP, which I really want to do, just to show our different sides. Because the, the EP that we released, Black Smoke Rising, it's so, it, to me, it's very insular. It's a very, it's a snapshot of one side of us. And I really want to show the different dimensions of Greta Van's fleet. Yeah, so it's, it's um uh, well, I also saw that uh, a Highway Tune is an older song. That's like one of the first songs you guys wrote, right? Yeah, I actually think it's the very first song that we wrote that we've kept. Like, it's, it's actually funny, like, thinking back to those times, it was probably four or five years ago. I was in eighth grade, and Jake wrote this riff, and I'm like, all right, yeah, we're playing it, and, you know, came up with the drum beat, and Josh did vocals. It's all very simple stuff to us at this point. Right. And because you listen to black smoke rising and that was probably the most recent song written at the time that we recorded the EP because black smoke rising was, you probably read written in the studio like uh, while we were working on the other songs. Oh, 
So, so my, so one of my questions is, is, is out of these twenty plus songs that are in the vault now, um, I'm assuming there's, there's obviously a lot more um, uh, newer material or more recent material. So, so is it in the, is it in that same vein, or is it, is it when it eventually gets released, it's like going to sound completely different than what we've come to know sounds like Greta Van Fleet these days. Well, it's going to, I'm going to have to say it's going to be an interesting combination of old and new because we have some old songs. We have some new songs. And when those, those old songs have the same structure as you would see on Black Smoke Rising, like the EP. And we have a lot of new songs that are just, uh, they're, they're quite different, but everything is going to be very relatable to the EP there's a I think there's a lot of continuity but you know you can't it's hard to make the same thing twice you know when you're when you're in two different time frames just like Neil Young said about making a harvest he said I could have made another harvest you could have made another album that sounded just like that but you yep. can't now because he's in a different time frame he's seeing different he has a different daily routine he's feeling different things so I think I think you can expect new dimensions of Greta Van Fleet from our next release. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house, and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Well, it'll be interesting to hear where you guys go because you guys are, I think you guys are four individually very creative individuals, right? So, so you guys have, well, a, thank you, Steve. you guys have a lot of influence and, and this is just based on all the information that I read and all the interviews that I've taken in, uh, with you guys. It sounds like you, you all have, um, uh, very specific influences and, and, um, you're, you're all sort of creative people. So, um, with that type of environment and given the fact that you guys are a young and growing band and artist at this point, um, you know, you, your experiences over the next, uh, let's say, uh, two to two to three years, your experiences are going to, um, uh, you know, they're going to, 
elevate your your writing, I would think. Yeah, exactly. You know, with with age and the coming of different kind of maturities and it there's there's great stuff on there. And I I we make we make music that we would want to hear ourselves and a lot of the time I'm I'm stuck like singing a song in my head. I'm like, damn it, what song is that? And I realize it's a song that we haven't recorded yet. So yeah, it's exciting. We have we have songs through every time period that from the earliest Great Van Fleet days to now we're still we're still writing and we have songs that we've only demoed on in our studio. So there's there's a there's quite a good thing coming your way. Yeah. I gotta say. I I, I really believe in and the music that we're that we're making we just hope that everybody really loves it as much as we do yeah i mean i think at this point and um correct me if i'm wrong but it's it's really either you're not saying or it's not known yet as to what is the next step is there going to be a full-length album is there going to be another ep um you know there's no apparently no decisions have been released or made yet is that true yeah, that's correct, but there there will be and uh let me think. In about about a week and a half we'll know what we're doing. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a new age of music and I and I can understand that they're wanting to take their time and and make the right decision. I mean, I I could I could completely see um uh Lava Republic Lava Republic coming back and saying, "Hey, we think let's re- let's uh, uh do the same thing and let's release another EP." Uh, and it sounds like you have enough material where you guys could technically you could release a new EP every four to six months if you wanted to for the next uh, year or two, you know? Yeah, you're right, Steve. And it's just a matter of I'm getting uh, at this point, I'm getting stu- like homesick from the studio. Like I, I really want to get back in that in that place yeah. and record some new music because I don't know. It's just one of those things. I love life on the road. I love playing for people. That's what I live for. But. I really want to record some new music and I really want to give it to people, you know? Right. That's well, Hey, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. If you're going to have a life as a musician, uh, then, uh, you better love that stuff. I think. (laughs) Yeah. I love every single second of it. All right. Well, that's good. We'll, We'll get, we'll have this exact same conversation in a year and a half or two. And let's see if the answer is still the same. Okay. That's perfect. I was about to say the same thing. I'll call you up. I'll call you up when I have. I'll call you up when I work a day in my life. Yeah. So so um uh, uh let me ask you this. You um uh what do you want the next song to be released uh for Greta Van Fleet? Uh you know I I, I want to know what you want. It doesn't matter what the label has said or anything like that. What song would you like to see be released uh, as the next uh, single? What song? Yeah. Well, it's a it's a pretty little thing called "You're the One," and it's a it's a great song. And it's a it's I I love songs like this. It's it's kind of more of an acoustic piece. It it resembles the sonic direction of Flower Power. Okay. But in a totally different light, and I I love it because I get to sit down at the keys for this one. You know. And is this recorded already? Because not it's not on the EP. So is it recorded already? Yep. Okay. Yep, it's recorded and mastered. And and is this is this gonna be the next single? Are they gonna release this, or is this just you? You would love to to see this. That's what I would love to see. Okay. I'm not sure about anything yet, but 
Um, just uh, all I know is we got some good stuff coming your way, Steve. So when you guys inked your deal with uh, Lava Republic Records, did they give you kind of the uh, creative freedom to go in whatever direction you guys felt uh, was best for the band and and kind of uh, create freely? We do whatever the hell we want, <laughs> and they complete. They that's what that's basically what the contract is. We do what we want, you know. Hey, they have no control over that at all. Hey, some some bands do not have that luxury, my friend. I know, I know it. Uh, I know it. it's very sad, and I'm glad that we're in a time that we can look back and see all the bands that got screwed. And that, honestly, is, is pro- it's the worst thing you could ever do to an artist. It's the worst thing you could ever do to a musician. Tell them which direction to go. Y- yeah, I have, to, I have to agree with that. It's an atrocity, for sure. So I'm glad that we're here in, the, in 2017 where we understand that and the label understands it. We got... We got so lucky with with the people that we work with and and our our contracts and i just honestly and honestly i can't believe how how perfect it is so i'm very fortunate right all right cool uh tell me a little bit about your parents i know that your father uh was a musician was your mother also a musician well i wouldn't say she's a musician but she definitely is a music lover and whenever she Whenever she uh, can, she she picks up the mic to sing some songs. Yeah, can she sing? <laughs> oh, of course. You can't say you can't say your mother can't sing. Of course she can sing. <laughs> hey, hey man, my mom could not sing, <laughs> and my wife sure can't sing. <laughs> <laughs> I have my fondest memories are my mother singing Roxanne in the car. Oh, that's awesome! The Police Roxanne, that one. Yep, yeah. yep, the Police Roxanne. I'd, look down i'm like oh mom please no <laughs> oh, stop just stop okay just stop please <laughs> uh, yeah but she's a great soul great soul how big so so i know it's you and your two brothers is that is that it for your direct family or do you have other brothers and sisters i have a sister and she's in between us she's 18 months older than oh no yeah she's 18 months older than me and 18 months younger than uh my my brothers okay and also a musician? Yeah, she can she can, she has a beautiful voice and she plays the ukulele. And right now she's living in Hawaii getting her uh, scuba her, her scuba diver's license. Oh, a woman after my own heart. I'm a scuba diver myself. Oh, that's yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's great. It's a beautiful thing if you ever get a chance to do it, you should take it in. Oh, absolutely. We love out we love outside things like that. And honest it's one tough thing about being a traveling musician is that you get to visit all these places and a lot of the time you get to go in the city and see all these cool things. But at heart, we're all very outdoorsy people and we get, we get a little stir crazy, you know, and we don't get to go outside, go hiking, go camping. So whenever we can, we, we take the chance. Like when we uh, had a show at Riverbend festival in Chattanooga, we went out and we went hiking in uh, Crossville and we, we like to stop and, have cookouts at places. Oh man, have I have I got the offer for you then, my friend? Here's here's the oh, offer. Let's hear it. Here's the offer. So so this is the perfect offer. Although I don't know that your schedule is going to allow it because you're playing the night before and the night after. But when you guys come through Atlanta at the end of August, I'm going to come to that show. My wife and I were going to come to the show. Um, awesome. But uh, you guys come to Atlanta. Uh, and depending on, on what time your little bus pulls into town, but, 
uh, I will be happy to, to schedule and pick you guys up and take you to Stone Mountain so you can scale the mountain with me. Uh, wow, that would be awesome. It's, it's, it's a fun time. So I, I get my workouts. Uh, um, uh, right on. Uh, that sounds right up our alley. Yeah, it is right up your alley for sure. <laughs> Getting, uh, uh, it's, it's fun to, to climb it because you, you know, it's not like you're scaling the mountain. You can walk up the mountain, but it's, a, it's a, yeah. a pretty good incline. It's about a, it takes you roughly about, uh, 45 minutes to an hour to get up to the top and then another like, uh, 30 minutes to come back down. Um, and oh, it's sweet. Yeah. That sounds, that doesn't sound bad at all. Is there, is there a nice view up top? Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. You can see, uh, you can see, see across here. Yeah. You can see across, uh, two or three States. I think they say. Hot damn. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's beautiful. Google it, look it up. Uh, Stone Mountain, uh, park. It's a, it's a, na- it's a national park. Uh, so you can Stone Mountain Park. Yep. I got it. You can look it up and it's, it's, um, uh, you know, it's in between where where I live and and in between where you guys are playing here in Atlanta. Um, and uh, yeah, right on. I'll keep in touch with you, Steve. Yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll touch base uh, after I end this uh, this um, recording. But um, but yeah, that would be right up your guys' alley. You guys would love that for sure. Excellent. But so, are you you interested in playing a, a quick lightning round with me? Yep, let's do it. All right. And don't overthink it. Just give it to me quick. All right. I'll give it to you quick, Steve. All right. You ready? Yeah. Current favorite record. Current favorite record is Moondance, Van Morrison. The band's, uh, your favorite earliest record that you liked. Band, earliest record? Yeah. Ba- band or oh. record. Oh, well, obviously the Beatles are the first band I liked. What record? My favorite, uh, well, I'm really big into the Beatles, so... My favorite record, not to sound too generic, but Abbey Road is such a beautifully crafted album in every single way. That is the epitome of any what a record should be. You know, the way they do it now is like they put out some songs or people just release singles, which is absolutely preposterous. It makes sense, but it's preposterous because a record is like a movie. You know, it brings you up. It brings you down. It it moves you and it it has a complete meaning, you know, like, like the wall, like, uh, like dark side of the moon, let it be. Yep. Abby, Abby road love. I, I don't know whether I, I, you and I might arm wrestle over it because I kind of go back and forth between Abby road and Sergeant pepper. But, but then I start thinking Sergeant what? pepper, Sergeant pepper for me is a fantastic album. And it really, it really encapsulates this, time in history yep. but i i don't think it's quite as good i you know what i'm gonna say that sergeant peppers is better. you're gonna say what now i'm gonna say sergeant pepper is better than let it be oh yeah yeah i, th- I definitely like it better than let it be but but then i then i start thinking about records like revolver and i really love revolver a lot so it's kind of like yeah you know, i love revolver and rubber soul are great yep. great albums if you, transition albums if you could be in any band today, uh, you know, around or not around, what band would you want to be in right now? Today, huh? Yep. Honestly, I, I'm going to touch bases back, and I'm going to go to. I'm going to say Louis Del Mar. Okay. I really because I have some. I would have some input to to throw in. I really got to check this this band out. 
your guilty, yes, you do. your your musical guilty pleasure. You know, like Forever Man. I've got a rock and roll heart. Okay. That kind of thing, and '80s Paul Simon too. Like, uh, you can call me Al. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what is it, Graceland? That's a fantastic record. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, there's some cheesy stuff there, but man, is it it's tasty. It's got some really good textures and recording in that record. That that's a, actually a record that I I discovered fairly recently. I mean, I'd known about it and I heard about it, but. Uh, I, fi- I find for me, my tastes sort of change. Like I'm discovering music. I'm still discovering music at this point. That's, that's older music that it's a very mature album for sure. It really is. So, so why, why black smoke rising? What, what was a, I know it's a song, but why, 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 and who decided to call it that, uh, the EP that, well, it was kind of a, it was a group decision, but Josh, of course named the song and he wrote this song and he did a he did a great job with this one it was kind of a the the name kind of spawned when and this is a story i actually heard fairly recently like just a couple weeks ago that i've never heard before josh was running one day like or, or he was hiking and he saw this this literal black smoke rising and he he thought, wow, that's, that's crazy. Like, what could it be? You know, like with this, with this smoke, like what, this could be literally anything. This could be a fire or like a house fire. And the next day he came to find out that it was actually a a plane crash, a small plane crashed in the field and uh, a father. And I think his son had died from it. So yeah, it's a very, it's a very emotional thing. And Black Smoke Rising holds a lot of metaphors. And it, it turned out to be a very lyrically powerful song. And it's not necessarily about the incident, it's about, but it's, uh, definitely, it definitely captures a, a, a bigger meaning than the other songs on the, on the EP. Okay. Interesting. I think that song, that's, that's, a, that's a Greta Van Fleet favorite, you know, like, between us four guys playing it and performing it every time and it doesn't it it never seems to get old Very you know cool. playing it with just as much feeling as as we did the first time we wrote it So I'm gonna not take up a ton of your uh, ton more of your time because I'm sure you're a busy guy. Oh, you're fine, Steve. I'm loving talking to you, man. All right, good. I'm glad to hear that. Well, you you guys were playing. Uh, I read somewhere you were playing uh, in bars before, uh, right? Before. Oh Greta. yeah. Yeah. So you guys were playing. Were you doing the the four hour set thing where you play uh, two or three uh, hour sets and stuff like that? Oh yeah. 
we have we have played a lot of those. Okay. And you probably you probably read about Fisher Hall. No, I didn't. I didn't read anything about that. It's a it's a local hall in Frankenmuth. Okay. And we 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 used to play at every Autumn Fest and uh, Snow Fest, which are two big festivals in Frankenmuth in the in the winter and summer. And it's probably uh you can probably fit like uh in between a hundred hundred fifty people in there. It's all wood. It's a beautiful old place. It's built in the 1800s. And uh, we play rock and roll there. And most of the time, we would be, we would, it was for charity. It was for the Frankenmuth Historical Society. And we would play for scheduled maybe three or four hours, but usually it would end up, we keep playing because we're having too much fun. Our, our fingers are bleeding. Our hands are all blistered. But, and Josh's voice is all scratchy but you know what we're absolutely loving it and there's those there's those 10 people left in the whole building there's five people left and we're playing just as hard as we were when it was packed and i think that that was really uh doing that kind of thing is a really great experience for any band just loving it enough to keep going and have the blood run on your instrument and because that's where we we really got our practice time in you know playing five five hours together and we would do that we would do that fairly often and we were playing in small bars back when i was in eighth grade i was probably 12 or 13 years old and my parents supported all of us like because that's what we wanted to do we wanted to go play for people and they fully supported us and they made sure we were safe and i don't think there's a whole lot of parents that would spend their evening going and every weekend to watch their kids play at a bar you know, no, that's so, so, very thankful that's so great. Family. Yeah, that's that's so great. And I and you're you're a hundred percent on on point with that, because I mean, uh, um, show me a really tight, uh, really seasoned band. And I will tell you that um, uh, they got that way from from playing uh, in bars and playing sets of uh, uh, cover songs and, and things like that. I mean, that's that's where bands really, really get their their chops in. And and I'm guessing that. Yeah, you, exactly. I'm guessing you guys played. Well, you, I'm not even guessing. I know for a fact that you guys played. If you played uh, two or three hour sets, then you were playing cover songs mixed with uh, originals, probably. Right. Yes, that is correct. What give me give me like uh give me a typical set. What kind of uh covers were you guys playing? Well, this this was at a time where we were really into cream, you know. So we were playing like even the obscure cream stuff. We were playing like Outside Woman Blues and we were we honestly we just jammed the we we did a lot of blues songs like the old the old-fashioned Muddy Waters ones. We did the Howlin' Wolf. Like one we still play is Evil. Have you ever heard Howlin' Wolf's Evil? Uh, probably, but I don't know it off the top of my head. I'm, I'm sure you have it. Uh, but yeah, we, we play a lot of blues covers we played and honestly, yeah, we did a lot of originals at that time. That's where we really started. We would, we would all play a song together and we would realize like, we would realize this is like what, this is how a song works. This is how the pieces go together. And then Jake would write his own riffs and we would all have a better understanding of like what a song is and that's where the writing took off so then endless songs were just coming out coming out and we would play those live too and when you guys when you guys played the stuff like the cream or the clapton or 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 what anything else you guys did were you true to the song or did you guys like 
Uh, I know I just got done reading this uh, Van Halen book where uh, those guys in the clubs, they used to play uh, Cream and, and Sabbath covers and all these covers, but they said that they were literally unrecognizable, like the band really did their own thing with those songs. So uh, when you guys played covers, were you true to the covers or did you really kind of do your own thing with them? We really did do our own thing. And that, we I don't think we ever tried to replicate a song. And I don't think we ever really kept the same structure. You know, we weren't we weren't picky on that. Jake would just kind of fly around, and we would we would follow him. You know, ripping leads and going to different parts of the song, and even putting in our own parts of the song. And that sometimes that's where a, a one a new song is written for Greta Van Fleet. Like he would start playing this this like solo, and then he would kind of work his way into a riff that was really cool and really original. And then we would build on that like as we're playing live. And that a lot of the time was usually where the songs came from. Would you say Jake is kind of the um, uh, uh, musical director, sort of the band, the the uh, traffic cop? Yeah, yeah, he really is. But between all of us, we we cover pretty we cover everything that needs to be covered in a band. You know, Jake's got the the rock and roll, and he's always writing riffs. And uh, he, we, we all find different inspirations, and we all have we all have our own yeah, way abso- of writing. And absolutely, it takes. But yeah, it. totally, Jake. I would I would say Jake is the band leader in a sense. Have you guys uh, Have you guys recorded any cover songs just uh, for the heck of it? Yeah, <laughs> we uh, we did we did uh, we did a superstition. Stevie Wonder superstition. We did record that in the studio. Yep. Yeah. Well, technically, Jeff, we did more like the Jeff Beck version. Okay. That's awesome. But yeah, that was a, yeah, it was, a, we just did it for fun, you know. A lot of bands always like putting those on our, on B sides or like, uh, you know, putting them on records, uh, uh, with them. So I, I figured, uh, uh, maybe those will show up, uh, somewhere on a Greta Van Fleet record at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Probably someday, you know, it was, it's pretty, pretty badass stuff. So what do you guys, what does your set look like if, you, if you've only got the four songs for the EP? Are you guys playing uh, more Greta Van Fleet uh, unreleased stuff uh, during a concert? Yeah, for, yeah, we have, we have probably those four songs are only 20, maybe 25 minutes. I would say 20 minutes. Those four songs take up, like if we're playing an hour set or an hour and a half set, we, we only have one uh, Howlin' Wolf cover. That's our only cover in the set. So the rest of it is unreleased material. Well, Sam, we're going to let you get back to doing what you need to do uh, to get ready to go up to North Dakota. Uh, once again, I appreciate uh, you spending the time with us. Well, it was a good time. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Hey, Sam, I appreciate it once again, and the best of luck to you and the boys, and uh, uh, we look forward to seeing you in Atlanta on the tour. Very good, my man. We'll see you then. All right. Take care of yourself. Be safe out there on the road. All right. Of course. You be safe, too. All right. See you, man. All right. See you. Bye. Bye. All right. That was Sam Kiska from Greta Van Fleet hanging out with us here on Growing Up Rock. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast at Growing Up Rock. You can get it at Apple and Stitcher Radio and anywhere you can download podcasts today. 
And make sure you follow us at Growing Up Rock at our Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram accounts. Also, stop by GrowingUpRock.com, G-R-O-W-I-N-U-P-R-O-C-K.com, and tell us your story. Because we know everybody's got a rock and roll story to tell, and we want to know what's yours. As it's been with every episode, we pull out the old iPhone and let the iPhone shuffle pick the song that's going to play us out. This is Stephen Michael, and always remember, get up, get out, support live and recorded music, and start making those new memories and stories today. And now it's time for the iPhone shuffle. Shuffle, shuffle, baby.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 